0: There's no problem too big
1: or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today.
0: Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Miner.
2: Hello, folks.
0: Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Violet Duncan. Violet, welcome. Thank you. Violet is an author, storyteller, educator, and a performer. She's a proud member of the Plains Cree on Taino. And, Violet, again, we are very excited for you to be joining us today. And you are joining us from from Canada, I believe, and uh, it's a nice Mm -hmm. thing to be able to beat beat the Arizona heat. We would just Mm -hmm. love to maybe start off by, by telling us, I know that you're doing a lot of great things, just telling us a little bit about your work.
1: Sure. Uh, well, I'm going to introduce myself, the way I went to a large room. Um, my name is Violet Duncan. Plains Cree from Kihuan Cree Nation is where I am right now in my ancestral territory. So it's wonderful to be back home and be back on the earth. Um, This is basically where everything begins for me, my love of storytelling from both my parents. And uh, I live about 50 feet away from them in the summertime, so I get to ask them ten million questions still, which I'm constantly curious about our traditional stories. Um, And so I do storytelling, and then I've translated some of the stories into now uh, children's books. Um, Not word for word, uh, mostly my take on dance is what i've done in my children's book the first one was when we dance and it just talks about um why we dance who we dance for and it was made for my my eldest child manaya and we were actually at that phase talking about what it means to give back when we dance and to dance not just for ourselves or not just for competitions, but for those who can't dance and and, uh, honoring those and honoring everyone around us, that we are all related. So that was important. And then my second book, Let's Hoop Dance, was for my son. And uh, he wanted to hoop dance. And he's been hoop dancing, I mean, since he was eight months old. So he's a, a hardcore hoop dancer. And he's amazing. But he wanted to. I wanted him to know what it really means to be a hoop dancer, which is honoring um, all things, the earth, the sky, the stars, the the four sacred beings, like the winged being, the fin beings. And it was important to me. So when I wrote Let's Hoop Dance, that was for him. But all of the stories and my inspiration come right here at home.
2: That's wonderful. Violet, can you talk a little bit more about um, I'm curious about native representation and literature? And so how are you kind of disseminating the books? What is the distribution? Is it mostly on um, in tribal lands or is it widespread? And and how is that message being received by folks?
1: Well, I hope it's widespread. Um, I want to get it out as far as possible. And the reason why we wrote the book in in the beginning, it it just started off as actually a paper cutout for my daughter. Uh, She wanted to hear the same story over and over again at bedtime. So I wrote the story out. We used just our simple, you know, photocopy and made pages like that. And then um, when I was sharing this book, her Good Night book, somebody said, "This this is a great resource and you should use these and use the images. And I was like, yeah, this would be awesome. So I made the book, self-published it, and made it look a little bit better than the photocopying version. And then uh, once we created that, it was because we couldn't find a book like that that showed um, the relationship between mother and daughter that didn't seem so stoic uh, back in the day. And we didn't want to um, make it seem like you had to have, I mean, I don't want to sound weird or anything, but it it doesn't actually have a father in it and that was important to me because I have a father and I have a husband and that's fine, but my stories came from my mother. And in the story, it's the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter. And that's because I just wanted to share their story. There's no message of them coming from a a greater uh, family or there being a father out hunting. I didn't want to do anything cliche that meant this is how we are. We have to have a mom and a dad and we live out and we hunt. this story was about just a, a a slice, grandmother, mother, daughter, and it was their story. It was my story, and that's what I wanted it to be, just a glimpse. Hoop dance, it was also because I couldn't find representation of us in modern times, wearing modern clothes, a father and a son just sharing an afternoon of teaching, and that's what I wanted to show, that that they're in shorts and a T-shirt, and they're in a, a, a modern home. You get to see the house a little bit. It's a backyard. It's fenced in, so it's not like we're out in the middle of nowhere, wearing buckskin, you know, doing these teachings. That's not how it's done. It's, it's, this is a modern take on it, and this is how we pass down to traditions today. And that was important to me to see that representation in the books of today's times. Not so much as um, not so much as um, like like a, a traditional long time ago, 1800s, which a lot of the books are like.
0: Today, I find. Yeah, well, I I appreciate that very much, and I think that that obviously stories are so so impactful, and the 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 tradition of of the spoken word, and now obviously we have the ability to uh, to put pen to paper and, and write these books, and that you're taking um, the the same extremely valuable ideas and concepts, and now updating them. I think is 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 a neat thing to be able to do. And at the time of the world today when I feel like we're all so disconnected from one another and our our communities maybe aren't as strong as they used to be, a lot of the traditional um, places that 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 we used to congregate at aren't as strong as they used to be. And you started off by telling us about how you're living 50 feet away from your, your parents and and you're asking them as many questions as you can. What, what lessons do you think that, that, that more people can take from, from having a tighter community, from having a close relationship with, with parents and having that reverence?
1: Well, definitely, that didn't, it didn't seem that important until I lived in the city. And when my children, and of course, when I became a mother, Because for me, I was spiritually independent, going to school, catching the bus, you know, living college life and university life. Nothing was holding me back. It felt very freeing to be my own person with my own set of keys. But when I had children, having them go out that front door, and of course, all the fears uh, they're going to get taken, this is going to happen. And I mean, being taken and being kidnapped is not something that you read in the newspaper or magazine. It's a real thing, especially for women. And I have three daughters, and it's one and three Native women will be sexually uh, assaulted in their life. That stat is saying one of my daughters, it will happen to them, and I take that stat very seriously. And in the city, when they walk out the door, we live in this beautiful gated community. It doesn't matter. We could have this huge, you know, 50-foot wall around them. And there's still that fear there. So for me, being in the city totally put me on edge as a mother. And then when I went home, we don't have any fences. My grandmother is a field away. And it was this freedom that my children got that I could let them walk out the door without me saying, where are you going? Make sure you have this. Okay, I'm going to check on you in 15 minutes. You know, they call it the helicopter parent, but it's not. You're just being a smart parent. But on the res. It's so freeing to myself. It's so freeing to my children to just roam. We've actually, since they were babies, we've called it Running Wild. And when we would be in the city, they would say, when can we go back to where Lita's house is? That's my mom's house. Where can we go back to Lita's house and run wild? And it made me laugh, and that's what we call it now. We're coming up to come run wild. (laughs) So There's so much to that. that, um, That's how I realized, okay, this is how... I learned this is so important and because they're running wild or being free and establishing their independence, I'm going to do the same and and get as much because they have questions for me and uh, especially about um, like plants and and edible uh, flowers that I don't know about. And I know that our our nations are, are dying, whether it's suicide or sickness, there's so much going on that I'm so thankful. To have the health of my parents, and I'm, and I'm now I'm taking advantage of that. I'm like, I'm like a child again. I'm, then wherever they go, and if they question something, I'm like, yeah, how about that? <laughs> and so if they're still curious, then I'm triple curious behind them. Yeah,
0: I think it's 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 a funny thing the different seasons of life, how how we we go through them, and. And you, you you gain a deeper appreciation for for your parents. I, I've had the same experience becoming a father, um, so I, I appreciate that very much.
2: Mm. Violet, Violet, I would love um, just reading your bio. I would love to hear about your um, experience with Nelly Furtado.
1: Oh my goodness, this is great! My husband had just won the. National or World Championship Hoop Dance title, February 2011. Our son was um, just to be born, or was he born? No, was he? No, I forget. Uh, no, he was just to be born. Uh, so he won that title. We had our son, the first boy in our family, in our little family. And then my husband's driving down the road, and somebody calls, and it's Nelly Furtado saying, Hey, Do you want to be in this music video? And my husband's like, hold on, let me pull over. I think somebody's messing with me. So he pulls (laughs) over and it's really Nelly Furtado. Like she really called him, not her people. And she was like, yeah, I'm doing this video. I'd love to get you to be in it. And he goes, I would love that. But my wife and my brother have to be in it too. (laughs) And she was like, great, fly them in. And like three days later... We fly in. I had a three-month-old at the time because we won in February, and this was um, March, April, yeah, in May. So we had a a little baby with us, and we flew to Los Angeles, and in two days knocked out this awesome music video. And I don't know how they do it because they went, we started at 5 in the morning. We didn't end until like 7 a.m. the next day. And then on top of that, she was still shooting. So we were, I was toast. I'm like, I don't think I want to be a celebrity anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard hard work. But yeah, it was so cool because um, even with that, representation matters. Um, At that time, she wanted us to hoop dance in street clothes. No problem. We do that. But the makeup artist wanted to put a big butterfly on my cheek with glitter and wanted to have some like flames on their cheeks. And we were like, "Uh, we don't really do that. And honestly, it's really hard when you're in a position where people are like doting on, or doting on you and, and um, making you feel very special. You start to let go of like who you're representing. And definitely, I had second thoughts about that butterfly. And like, I would never put a butterfly on my cheek. But because I was in, you know, with the big league and I had my makeup artist and everybody was like looking at me and talking about my outfit, I was like, maybe. Maybe I will put a butterfly on my cheek. And and at that point, I had to say, wait a minute, who am I? Who am I representing? And it's not just me. It's not just my family. All of a sudden, I realize I'm representing all the 562 tribes of the United States, all the 500 plus tribes of Canada. This is not just me trying to have fun. This is like me representing my community, my people, my nation, and then all the other nations so I was like, okay, we can't have that butterfly. <laughs> but that kind of started it. And I think Nelly Furtado being understanding of that and then understanding that definitely we can hoop dance in street clothes. We, this is what we do. And giving my husband that respect of having him, whenever he wanted to hoop dance, the style, how he wanted to do it, anything that meant traditional or cultural part, it was for sure discussed with us and I think that felt really good because it can it's so easy to be manipulated in that arena and Nelly Furtado gave us the utmost respect with acknowledging you know from the traditional lands that we were on to acknowledging if we can hoop dance to this and what it means to do this and when we had to say no that's not appropriate she was totally cool with that which is really hard because you don't want to say no to a celebrity but, um, I mean, she made it really easy to share ideas, and um, that was neat. So then it was not really me. I just got to be in the, the music video, but my husband got to tour with her all over Tokyo, Milan, um, just incredible spaces, and he had just brought out an album. So his album, Earth Warrior, took off, and we were just, we owe it all to her. Like, we called our minivan Nelly because we were like, yep, yeah, Nelly got us this. <laughs> <laughs> Those CD sales and the, the next shows that followed was our minivan. That was our first minivan. So we were like, "This is cool."
0: That's awesome. Very cool. So, if you could tell us a little bit more about hoop dancing, you mentioned at the top that 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 the act of it is is to honor all things, um, and then you also refer or mentioned that that you could certainly do it in street clothes. Is there a certain time that that you would traditionally perform a hoop dance?
1: Well, hoop dance is really neat. It actually originated from the Pueblo people of New Mexico. It was a ceremony. It was a ceremony done to anyone who was not well in their community, and they would pass the hoops over, the ones who were unwell, and they would be giving them another day of good health and good fortune. Um, Later, a man named Tony Whitecloud, he was Jemez Pueblo, he started to add more hoops and intertwine them onto his body, making today's modern designs like the eagle and the globe. And those modern designs with the faster movements became the social dance that you see today. So without his bridge, I'm sure we wouldn't have the hoop dance, but because of him building that bridge, all the tribes were welcomed to dance this style known as hoop dance. And so we all take our spin on it. If you come to Canada, all the hoop dancers in Canada um, have thicker hoops. They dance a little bit slower, but they will have more hoops. Like, they will be dancing with, like, 50-plus hoops all on their body, all at one point, point. and then they even mastered, um, like, when you have three hoops spinning on one arm and then two on the other and then one on the foot, that, it's like, you'll see a lot more designs like that. In the United States, you'll see faster movements. Um, the speed is huge. Uh, the, the hoops are thinner. And the designs are like quicker movements, like you'll see a picture and then to the next picture, it won't be like a still for a long time, like in Canada, but we all have our own take on the hoop dance. And that's what makes it really unique because there's the world championship hoop dance contest where all the tribes come together. And that's at the Heard Museum in the second weekend of February every year. And just hundreds and hundreds of hoop dancers come down and they vie for that world championship title. And one time I made it in the top ten. <laughs> so this last year I made number eleven, and the year before I was number twelve. So I'm like, just scratching. You can get to the second round by being in the top ten, but that third and prestigious round, it's first place to sixth. So
0: incredible! I'm still pushing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you and and you said your husband was was the, was the world champion.
1: He is a five-time world champion hoop dancer wow. so I'm not jealous at all you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you should ask him for
0: you should maybe ask him for lessons I don't know if you thought about that
1: definitely definitely no I practice with him for sure I'm like I'm beating you this year there's no we're nice. not messing around so I, I definitely get all my practice sessions in ask all the questions so I take advantage of that he's he's an incredible teacher and I love that it's just that he's just so darn good like he's yeah. really good. Even if I know the secrets and the tricks, it's just <laughs> his speed. Well, he's a runner, so he runs. And if you're not in tip-top shape, February second week of February, you it's like it's like you know it's the Olympics of hoop dancing. You have to be at the top of your game. Um, there's an age requirement and the amount of hoops. That doesn't matter the amount of hoops. But I know the judges are looking for more than six, maybe uh, maybe less than fifty. Something that is clean and tidy and fast and you're going to win over the crowd so you have to have showmanship which I sorely lack on showmanship as a woman as a native woman I'm brought up to be um, like more have more humility and be lighter stepped and so showmanship is very difficult because the men will go and they will yell like that and I don't have an equivalent so I kind of feel it's my crutch that I need I need more support to do that showmanship or to share what that means as a native woman. But right now I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't have that. So besides that, I'm trying to get my everything else. If I have a hundred percent, everything else, speed, agility, uh, precision, then, I mean, you can't, I can get a zero in showmanship and still make it to the top six. So, I mean, I'm just going to keep training getting there.
2: <laughs> Violet, I'm, and this might be it. Um, an uninformed or naive question but that's kind of the point of the uh, the podcast what is it are there possibilities for or do folks outside of the tribe um, engage in hoop dancing like is it something that we could learn or is it spe- specifically for and to impact the the folks of your culture
1: no that's a great question and I really appreciate I mean uh, those kind of questions are the ones that I hope a lot of people ask um, hoop dancing is very personal to me that that is one of our only dance styles that is traditional that we try to keep within the tribes so at the world championship hoop dance contest you have to show if you're american certificate of indian blood if you're canadian the indian status card you do have to belong to a tribe to be in the hoop dance now learning it i definitely i teach it to native and non-native all ages both genders you won't see a lot of female hoop dancers they're mostly male so I teach and my husband teaches to everyone, mostly because the teaching of it is so valuable. It talks about having respect for everything, to acknowledge um, that we are just a part of it, that we are all related. Um, The hoop, if you just look at a circle and you imagine northeast, south and west, the east talks about our infancy as we come into this world We go to the south, our teenage, our adolescent, and then we talk about what that means as the fire symbol. then we go to west, adulthood, um, black is the color, the the end of the day, the sun going down. And in the north, our most revered direction is our elders, the color of white the snow. And we talk about how that is not like a flat symbol. It's moving. It's a cycle and that we talk about cycles of life. So it's so powerful to understand that we are connected, that we are not just humans at the top of the food chain. We are a part of this ecosystem, and we are part of this world, and that's why it's called Circle of Life Dance. And because of that teaching is why I teach it loud and proud to everyone and anyone willing. Now, the contest, on the other hand, that's out of my hands, but that is only for, you know, um, People who are acknowledged by their tribe.
2: Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, that's exactly what I wanted to know. So thank you. I love it. Yay,
0: yay. So tell us about so tell us about how it is that, that 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 you are engaging with with groups of people through through cultural cultural education.
1: Okay. Um, well, we do tons of different workshops. My website is violetduncan.com. And there you can find any of the webs or any of the workshops that we offer, whether they're dance, hoop dance, um, dream catchers, medicine wheels. That is where our cultural education really takes focus. And my very favorite right now is called Our Sacred Circle. And that one is just movement about, almost like hoop dancing, but it's it's movement, it's breathing techniques, it's um, social games. It's taking the medicine wheel And looking at it as a living structure and we start in the East like I said but instead of our infancy we talk about breath and how important air is
2: and then we just
1: kind of go through um, breathing techniques that it's a lot of people are shallow breathers now and to get that um, mindfulness of breathing and then when we head to the south that is our teenagers that's our adolescent that is our social um, direction and that's where we play a lot of games a lot of games that make us uh, socially interact and then West and our North there's, I, I won't share it all, but I mean, that's my very favorite workshop that I'm doing right now. And that's the cultural education that I hope to get into more schools that they can give the opportunity that we're not just, you know, native performers to come in and do the native dance. It's like, Oh no, we have tons of workshops that we can, we are native performers and representatives, but we're also educators. So when we come in, it doesn't solely have to feel like, let's talk about the eagle feather or let's talk about our traditional dances. Like, no, we can talk about mindfulness. That's huge in education right now. And Native people have a lot to say about that because that's what we practice within the medicine wheel. So as a cultural educator, I'm really trying to get more involved in education and the school system. So it doesn't feel like I'm just there to talk about Native stuff. I'm just, I just happen to be a Native woman that wants to talk about mindfulness, and that's the
0: part of it. Well, I appreciate that very much, and I think that's a, that that there's so many different incredible lessons to be taught and so much wisdom to be learned, and mindfulness today is, well, I think it's always been wonderful, but certainly something that, that we can all benefit from. Why is it, why is it called a medicine wheel?
1: Well, um, there's different styles of medicine wheels. So back in the day, like pre-contact, you'll see these rock formations in a circle with the kind of like triangles going off at the four directions. Um, The rocks all have their own teaching tools. So what they would do is a long time ago, kind of in in lieu of of, uh, the school structure or in lieu of these workshops, this is what we would be doing, is we would be taking these rocks and talking about what each direction meant Uh, One would be respect, humility, honesty. And the next direction would be um, equality, kinship, and our relationship to land. And so as you would place the rocks, and the children would be there placing the rocks, that would be, uh, that's why it's called medicine wheel, because the medicine, it translates into like like a good way of teaching, a good way of being. Medicine today, I, I guess the word medicine doesn't really translate very well. Um, into the native languages but medicine could simply be going for a walk and connecting with nature that would be a medicine way or medicine would be literally what you would be taking like uh, if you if you didn't know now you know um, native people were actually the first people to um, learn about acetaminophen what we use in Tylenol so they had that so there was an actual plant and that would be part of the medicine wheel that they would talk about but I mean that's like going direct link to medicine but that's why it was called the medicine wheel that connection that we would have got it thank you
0: all right so so how how can people engage you uh you you mentioned the website but you you do these workshops and you do them how frequently where where
1: I mean, whenever I, I prefer to do them at conferences and and gatherings. That way, we get kind of all walks of life who are interested in different venues or different things. Um, but I'm I'm open. Bring me to schools. I love young children. I love um, sharing with them. My husband, um, he's like he likes some um, adults. <laughs> Adults, for me, are so tricky because sometimes they need breaks and they need water, and I'm like, Goodness, it's been 10 but <laughs> kids will go for like an hour and a half, and I'm like, "Yes, this is awesome so for me bring bring me all the kids. I love that um for my husband, his website tony and he loves the older guys in the university and he loves lecturing, and he's an incredible resource to use because he's in the united States, he's in Arizona. And he knows, he goes outside, and where I see a desert and certain death, I'm like, I'll never survive out there. He sees the grocery store and a pharmacy, and I'm like, are we looking at the same landscape? I don't, (laughs) I'll never live out here. But that is his um, traditional way of being. He knows how to survive and thrive in the desert landscape, and I think that that right there is just a walking resource that is incredible. So um, I want people to go to him um, for all things, Apache he's also a Rikra Hadatsa Mandan on his mother's side so he has great resources and then for myself bring me the kids our young (laughs) people need to know that that we are not a static TP dwelling people of the 1800s that we are here in modern homes um, doing modern teachings writing books telling stories Um, we're fashion designers and architects and uh, we have a wealth of information
0: Wonderful. And what were the websites again?
1: So my husband is TonyDuncanProductions.com and myself, VioletDuncan.com.
0: Perfect. Centauri, other thoughts?
2: No, thanks for sharing. I think we could, uh, we could talk a lot about this for, for a lot longer and in more in depth, but for the time being, thanks for being vulnerable and sharing a lot about what that means to your people and then how others can engage. That was really insightful.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. And, of course, uh, if you want to reach out in any way, check out my website. There's a message board there. I'm starting to um, – what's that called? when you? My social media lady wants me to um, – what is it called? Let me write.
0: Start blogging.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, she'll be so mad at me. She'll be so mad at me. Okay, let me start again. If you want to reach out to me, besides my website, there's also a way to message me, and I'll be starting my blog, which will talk about tiny house living, which is what I'm doing in Canada right now, talking about traveling across the country with four children and the dog which honestly was not easy. That dog was crazy. And, I mean, talking about just being a modern Native woman, and um, that's the most—that's my favorite one so far. So check me out online. You can chat then.
0: Awesome. Well, Violet, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. You guys take care.
0: And thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, keep questioning because the struggle is real. all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it so if you're interested in that check it out you can go to georgegronbacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show